This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lo Von Rump. I'm so happy to be here with you today. My kings and queens, oh, I missed you so much. All right, let me just address the elephant in the room. I'm tardy for the party. This podcast usually comes out on Thursdays. We're spicing things up, changing it up for you, giving you a show on a Friday. I'm a schedule type guy, though. I love to keep a planner and yeah, I apologize for the changeup, but thank you for being here with me today. And we have a great show in store for you. I'm very, very excited about this episode. It's worth the wait. And I love the low lifers that were calling me out on Instagram. I was getting messages like, "Low, where the hell's the episode? What's going on? Did you have a nervous breakdown?" <laughs> like, I had several people ask me, "Low, did you check into rehab? You having a meltdown?" But I get it. Yeah. Fair question to ask. My mom asks me that all the time. So no, I'm not in rehab. I'm actually in my living room right now. I'm in my underwear with my uh, cozy, what's it called? Sponsor opportunity. It's called the Comfy. It's a like a big oversized hoodie that has like a sheer lining. Oh, it's so good. So I'm wearing that. Got my chonies on and I got a bowl of dill pickle flavored popcorn from Trader Joe's. That's where I'm at in life right now, recording this with you guys. So no place I'd rather be. But let me tell you what had happened. I keep it fully transparent. So we recorded an episode, Elliot Knight and I, my beloved Elliot, one of my best friends, went over to his place and you guys heard episode one or part one, which was last week. But we had recorded over five hours on this podcast. Like, it was insane. Like, we just kept going. And it was amazing because it didn't feel like over five hours. Like, in my head, I'm like, wow, I could have driven to Vegas and had dinner. Like, that's how long we talked in his apartment on his couch. And then once the podcast, we stopped recording. Um, and we basically only stopped because my podcast equipment started steaming up like it was melting <laughs> like it couldn't even comprehend how two people could be talking that long with like no breaks so after we stopped recording we kept talking then the next day we hung out and we're talking and we've been talking ever since i just talked to him two minutes before i started recording this and then we had this big juicy audio file for the podcast which is a great problem to have because there's a lot of amazing conversation in there to share with you guys. The problem is, though, the format for a podcast is usually 45 minutes to an hour. Well, that's what I was told by my producers. You know, they said, "Low, that's the perfect timing for a podcast, 45 minutes to an hour. But I didn't go into it thinking that. I, I was doing like 90-minute episodes, two hours. When I go into a conversation with someone, I never have a time limit in my head. I don't have it in my head thinking like it's going to end by this time or I'm watching the clock. I mean, unless someone's like, I got to be out of here by three or something like that. Of course, I'm respectful of time. But for the most part, the people I'm podcasting with, I'm very comfortable and know them. And and yeah, we can keep the conversation going as long as it wants to go. That being said, this big ass audio file, I had to splice, dice, flip it, reverse it and decide 
what I wanted to put into an actual episode because I loved everything. That's really hard to choose. Sophie's choice for this one. So as I started the editing process and figuring out like what direction should I go, I was like, ding, ding, ding. It's Pride Month. Oh my God, we got to do a big old gay episode. Let's get gay with it. So that's what I decided to do. Elliot's really excited about it too. All right, so this is a metaphorical, magical, big gay cruise that we're going on here, fam. Gay's gone wild, that's what we'll say. We're talking Lady Gaga. We're talking about Madonna, Mariah, Adele, all the greats. I'm throwing Adele in there because, well, she's a good link to the first part of today's episode, which is America versus Europe. So I'm calling the first segment, Act One of today's episode, Coming to America with Elliot Knight. (laughs) As you guys already know, Elliot is my British import from the UK. So he'll be representing Europe. And I'm over here rocking red, white, and blue for Los Estados Unidos, talking Team Gay USA. (laughs) Elliot and I always end up having these discussions about life in America and perspective and how he grew up and how I grew up. And We definitely come from different worlds, different perspectives, which is always a fascinating thing. But I love talking to him about food because he has a very specific diet. (laughs) He only eats a few things in life. And he'll say that too. I mean, he has very specific things that he likes and more things that he doesn't like. So we talk about snacks and culture and cuisine and different perspective and music. And again, he has the European side. I got the USA side, and that part's really funny. I love that part of the episode, especially because Elliot hasn't tried things like like a Pop-Tart. Like, I want to do an episode where the lowlifers get to write in things that Elliot gets to try for the first time. And trust me, that list is pretty extensive. So we can have fun with it. I think the episode would be a nightmare for him, but so enjoyable for the lowlifers. And that's what really matters, right? So that's part one of the episode. But wait, there's more. We'll go into part two, our metaphorical big gay cruise ship, this magical journey we're on. So we're going to dock it up and we're going to take you to lunch at Neverland Ranch. (laughs) We're going to go visit Michael Jackson. That's where the conversation goes next. Then we're going to make a pit stop at the Pennsylvania State Correctional Institution to say happy Father's Day to America's favorite dad, who happens to be the most notorious serial rapist in the last century. That's right. I'm talking about the one and only Bill Cosby. Good old Bill Cosby. So we talk about Bill. Then it wouldn't be a true low-life cruise if we didn't book you on a first-class ticket to the Metropolitan Correctional Center of Chicago. Because, of course, Ellie and I had to discuss a singer songwriter who has 11 number one hits, nine platinum albums. He's also featured on the Space Jam soundtrack. He's also charged with 21 counts of child pornography because he likes to pee on minors. He's into sex trafficking. Of course, we're talking about R. Kelly. (laughs) Heavy stuff, huh? But the thing is, (laughs) Elliot and I just went there today and we start talking about Bill Cosby and Michael Jackson and of course R. Kelly. And the question arises, can you separate the artist from the art? That's a question I ask for you. Can you separate the artist from the art? We'll go down that rabbit hole today. And I loved 
Elliot's perspective on this. And, and because we were already opening Pandora's box, I thought, well, why don't we just touch on all the hot topics, all the crazy shit that's happening in the United States. So yeah, we dive into some homophobia on this cruise, a little racism, some transphobia, and we discuss corporate America and how they are benefiting of the LGBTQ community. And of course, it's all in the name of pride, but it's interesting that that's happening. Like, kind of a bummer that that happens. You know, companies can benefit off of movements like a gay movement, you know, pride if they're not genuinely giving back to that particular organization. But for an older generation, they must be shocked. Like, never in a million years did my grandparents think that, like, a major corporation like Target would be like, hey, let's benefit off gay people and sell gay merchandise. <laughs> like, I think that we've come a long way in that regard, but it's also like not cool. So anyway, we talk about that and sure, some of this is heavy stuff. It's a little bit like a, a gay ass trip. But at the same time, Ellie and I can have these conversations and we don't take ourselves too seriously. We're not experts on stuff. We're just talking about our perspectives and how we feel about certain things. And the one thing I love most about any conversation I have with Elliot is we can always laugh no matter what we're talking about. Like I could be bawling my eyes out, grieving about Dookie and he'll be able to make me laugh and we could find some light in the darkness and things don't feel as heavy. And that's been a big coping mechanism for me. Like humor helps me get through some tough things in life. And and also just not taking yourself too seriously, because I just think people do that sometimes. And anyway, that's not my style. Um, I like to have serious conversations, but sometimes you have to be able to just laugh at some crazy shit going on in the world. So we do just that. And you are in for such a treat. This is such a great episode. It's close to my heart. I'm glad we're celebrating pride. So without further ado, let's just put on our lashes, shake our asses, grab a disco stick and get ready for an amazing ride. Let's go, putas. Sitting over here on Elliot's face, <laughs> and we were talking about bullying and how I used to get that F-bomb thrown my way. I still get it in my DMs. And I'm talking about the homophobic F-bomb. Oh, God. Do you ever, like, use that word and reclaim it? Faggot? Mm-hmm. I have friends that do. Uh, absolutely not. Right. I don't. Fair. I don't love the word. Unless you're referring to a cigarette in the UK. That's not what we call it. Pass me a delicious faggot. That's absolutely not what <laughs> Isn't that what they call it? They, they would call it maybe a fag, for sure. Oh, yeah. Not, I want to smoke a fag. Not the but do you know there's food... <laughs> Your dad's eating faggots? My dad eats faggots for dinner often. Oh, my God. It's true. If anyone hears the sound bites. <laughs> I'd like to make this the only sound bite for the episode. <laughs> no my dad context. eats faggots. What the hell is a faggot? It's kind of like a meatball, I think. It's, it's, a, it's a ball of something that looks like meat, and it's brown, and it has gravy on it. Yeah, that's right. It sounds gross. He loves them. Yeah. He it's like Swedish meatballs. Sure, but like a little thicker and something extra in them. With gravy. Like the Ikea meatballs. Yeah. Oh, do you know once in the UK, the Ikea meatballs were found to have um, uh, horse manure in them? Oh. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, 
I, still, I don't know where all these facts are coming, coming from. from. The vegan, of course. Oh, yeah, he gross. hates the meat. Well, just why? Why would you risk that? I had a. I, this is the last thing I'll say that's not related to what we're talking about. I used to eat these things called Frey Bentos pies. And when I say pie, I mean a meat pie. Oh, I love meat pies. Okay, so in the UK we, we just call them pies. And steak and kidney was my favorite. And it would just be this suet wet pastry pie in a tin that you'd literally peel the, like you cut the top off and then you stick the tin in the oven, pull it out. And then there's a full pie. And my nan used to make them for me. And there was one time she was making one and I was just sat waiting, doing whatever. And I was like, (laughs) smells a little stanky. Smell what's happening. I couldn't figure it out. And then she brings my dinner out and I'm like, oh, it's stronger. And I smell the pie. The pie smell like shit. Oh, wow. And I cut it open and I realized there's, there's poop in this pie. No. It's a poop. Yes. Oh it's my. a poop pie. And that's the thing. When they're sticking, I'm sorry, but when they're sticking a horse in a shredder to just mince it into a pie, there's some poop in there. And it's a part of what you're eating some of the time. Did you eat it? No, I didn't no, oh, eat oh. it, Lowe. <laughs> no. Uh, <sighs> Wow, no, it's like she, the help that scene in the help. It is, but like on a, a a large national industry operating level. Yikes! Yep. Ah, <sighs> haven't touched meat since, huh? No, I I ate meat for a while after that. Yeah, I was like eight. Back to Europe and United States. I wanted to you to tell me what your favorite snack. We're gonna do a little segment. We're calling it "Coming to America." <gasps> Yeah, with Elliot Knight. Ah! We're coming to America with Elliot. Yeah. Oh, yes. Stars it... and stripes. Wait, can yeah. we do that? We're doing it right now. Oh. They come to America. They come to America. Will Eddie Murphy be pissed? Oh, oh, like, oh, by the way, the second version was the second movie was terrible. Oh, I've not watched. Coming it. to America was an amazing movie. And then coming to America. Ugh. Oh, not such a, a disappointment. Oh, no. I didn't like it. I didn't find it very funny. Okay. But I just was like, leave a good thing where it's at. But anyway, yes. I want to talk about your favorite treat. You sell Europe so hard, and you did with Eurovision. I get that. But I want you to sell it because you're like the food, the culture, the people. Start off with snacks. Hit me with your number one European snack. Sell Europe to the listeners through food. Start off with that. Okay, here's the thing. I don't eat a lot of different things. <laughs> That's why I set you up. Can't <laughs> yes, sell it. But <laughs> I will say this: the main reason Europe is incredible. You can get in a car on a train. It doesn't have to be a plane. Go for a walk. Yeah. And in 20 minutes, you can be in a place with com- entirely different food, a completely different language, different customs, different landscape everything's different and you meet so many incredible people you have such adventures and it's all connected it's all the variety of life exists a stone's throw away and then another stone's throw and then somewhere else america amazing as it is and big as it is it's like a big collection of the same thing (gasps) there is variation thank you definitely California is not Florida. Michigan's not Alabama. A- a- Alabama and the other states that I know. Two more. <laughs> but most people that I talk to in America have never been outside of America because you don't need to. It's so big. You have so much here. And there is this sense of wondrous 
mystery about Europe, like it's a land of castles and princesses and princes and dragons and all apart from the latter are true. <laughs> you think Americans are so stupid. There, if you're telling me there are people in America who don't think there are dragons in Europe. That's true. If there's the flat you. earthers, I'm sure they're like, there's uh, a dragon. Yeah, absolutely. You're not wrong. But it's just, it's a really <laughs> incredible place to be able to spend some time and grow up. Like I miss being in the UK for the access that we would have to Europe and the connection that we had to it to get to hop on a train with my mom and my sister and go to Paris and then spend oh, a weekend there amazing. with them, go shopping, learn French, learn French. We didn't do that. Uh, but just like eat and go and see the different sites. And you know, the history there goes back hundreds of years. Go see the Eiffel tower. Uh, have you gone? See- yes, I have. Yeah, I have I've been to Eiffel tower. I've been to Paris. I've been to Germany. I've been to Spain. I haven't been to Portugal. That's not true. I've been to Portugal. I did a movie there. I've been to Portugal. Uh, I've been to. Is that where you did Sinbad? No. Oh. By the way, you guys. No. 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 (laughs) Elliot not only is my future ex-husband, but he is. (laughs) He's also starred in Sinbad as Sinbad himself. And I can't wait to watch it with you because you were so freaking cute. I'm not watching with you. My first ever job. Yeah. And you starred in a film. And I'm not talking. This wasn't like, like a home movie. No, this, this was, was like, like a, a huge film. Like a premiere massive UK series. Yeah. Which was very fun. It was a series. I was a series. A oh, no, it's 12 hours of content. Get ready. Oh, uh, we're watching it. No, I'm absolutely not watching it ever again. Uh, I loved it. And no shade to that. Sh- well, some shade. That's going to come out in my podcast. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Racism. Um, but no, I, I love that show. We did that in Malta. That's another place that I've been to. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I... I've I've been so lucky to be able to go to all these different places and uh, really experience life and get out of my own bubble. And that's I think that's what I mean. In America, it's a bit more difficult to burst your own bubble. It's, it's true. possible. Sure. But you have to go far deep and wide to do that. Europe, you like fall out of bed the other side and you a whole different reality. And I think that's really valuable to like understanding your place and connection to the world and having a good attitude about the perspective of how you fit into the universe and how other people do too is just more well-rounded in my opinion i agree with you in that sense oh well yeah one episode of eurovision and i'm like (sighs) i'm european now (laughs) like can you imagine what you saw as eurovision happening in america i wish that existed in america i think we need to get rid of the grammys oh get rid of them and they need to do a Eurovision where all these artists go and like put your music out there, perform it, done, and let the people vote. Now, I think an amazing version of Eurovision in America would be uh, each of someone represents each state. <gasps> Wouldn't that be incredible? Oh my god! But and be... here's the thing with America, though, and this will tell you one of the differences in Europe when all these international countries come together. They call it Eurovision. In America, when only America is competing with itself, they would call it World Vision. Just like they call whatever that thing is the World Series. And there's one country in it. The world. Oh, like baseball? Yeah. Or what, what makes that a global? What makes that anything to do with the world? <laughs> That's Nothing true. but America's general view of itself and its place in the world. We are the world. I think you're everything. 
We sure are. And I think it's American. Sometimes <laughs> you say that as you're sitting on your American couch. It's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> no, I love Europe. I went to Munich and it was stunning. And there are beautiful places in, on this earth that doesn't revolve around America. But I'm sure. saying over here, like, mm -hmm. I agree with that world perspective and that lens. And shows like Eurovision, you get a little glimpse into different cultures, different. For sure. People. It's the only languages. multicultural, multilingual event that exists and has ever existed that's not a sports event. The only one ever. Wow. And it's one of the longest running TV shows in the world. Yeah. In the history of television. That's pretty strong. Sorry, we finished the Eurovision segment. It's okay. I'm obsessed. I know. I love it. Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen, takes it. Queen, you love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend it to my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. <sighs> Two, but, but yeah, an America vision or state vision where they basically have amateur performers represent their state and then all the states vote and it's a big life competition. I think that would be amazing. And uh, uh, copyright. Maybe don't put this in so we can make that happen. Yeah. Produce it. Oh, make yeah. Don't take our idea. Yeah. How dare you? Or if you do, just make us producers and pay us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Europe wins in that way. But Great. I think the United States of America do. wins in snacks. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to argue with you. There. Really? Do you know if I go to the cinema, a.k.a. movie theater in the UK and order an extra large popcorn? What you gonna get? I can hold it in my hand, right? And it's gonna be about as tall as my hand. Oh, yes. And there are YouTube videos about this too. UK oh, I've versus seen US like portions. a UK large or oh, whatever. Yeah, you are. the portions here. Before you even get into the variety of snacks, it's kind of a bad thing though. Yes, it's terrible. But it's the kind of thing where well, more is better. Mm, uh, the close. As close to the optimum amount for you as you can get is better, but that's not necessarily just the most. Yeah. It's opulence. It's just. It is over the top. It's a lot. I mean, it's fun. But sure. It's, it's glamorous. But when you man. see like an extra large meal, like if oh, you can, I want it. or supersize it, oh. <laughs> Such a hypocrite. That's actually all I would eat. <laughs> oh my God. When, when I order same... food, I order food for like eight people and I sit here happily <laughs> in my underwear and just sweat. Same. Oh. Same Z's. Oh yeah, I love it. Well, yeah, I'm down. But I will say this: when it comes to like, like good snacks, not the size of them. I'm talking Slim Jims, oh. Corn Nuts, oh. Doritos. Uh, yes, agreed. Oh, what was that? Gro Cheez Its. Cheez Its. Have you tried one yet? Oh no, I'm never gonna eat one. 
Are you serious? A little cancer chip? I don't want that. Cancer cracker. Disgusting. <laughs> Get it right. Get it right. Or don't, don't get it twisted. They have the you. extra crispy, extra cheddar ones. Disgusting. I order them in bulk. Oh, have you ever had an Oreo? Yes. Oreos are vegan. You're welcome. Go order them now. Really? Enjoy. Yeah. I mean, it's Even still the like, double stuffed ones? Or, yeah. They're all, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just sugar and, I don't know, flour. So are Ritz it. crackers. That, yeah, I love a Ritz cracker. They put some kind of drug on those, though. I don't know what it I is. I could go through, like... Two sleeves of well, not two in one sitting, but that's I a lot. Go, you need like some milk or something. Ew. Oh. Yeah, I'm not down with the leche. It's very drying. Oh yeah, you're not. Uh, uh. Well, you tried some of the chalk pea milk that I have. Oh, you didn't like it. That's right. Did you? Yes, I. That's all I. Drink. Have you ever had a colonoscopy? Oh, don't do this. Have <laughs> you talked about? Wait, that's the inspection, not the clean out. Oh yeah, colonoscopy right. is when they go into your colon and they start searching rub to it see if there's a little moment. I mean, you're put under for it because they go in with a camera and they take and they oh, stick it in right. and I mean they start going all the way up the tubing and then a colonic taking is when... all the pictures to see if there's any you know gross or anything that are cancerous. Right. Ugh. So is that what you're asking me if I've ever had one of those? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Just curious because <laughs> <laughs> speaking of pea milk, oh. Uh, oh. you have to drink and I believe it's for a colonic. Uh, and there's other procedures too. Barium, it's very, and it, which is a, a drink, it tastes like complete chalk. Uh, and you drink that before you go into your colonic. Why? Because so it you helps. Don't shit on the mic? Well, yeah, mic? it helps Camera. with like, I don't know, with what the, I'm not a doctor or a nurse. I don't perform this procedure. You'd be a cute nurse. Thank you. Carry on. I keep saying colonic, but it's actually a colonoscopy procedure. Anyway, you drink barium sulfate and you drink it and they use it for a ton of different procedures for your esophagus, for stomach, intestines, of course, colon, but you drink it and doctors can see more clearly when they do like a CT scan or any other type of x-ray exams. It, it helps with certain procedures. So anyway, that's why you drink that nasty shit. It helps so the doctors can see if there's anything wrong with you. It's like drinking straight up like chalk thick milk, which is what Elliot enjoys on the regular. That's true. Pea milk in his fridge. So Shout out Ripple. <laughs> if Ripple sponsors Shout the show, I'm going to be so happy. Can you imagine? Thrilled. Can I cut? Okay, promise you one thing. If Ripple wants to be a sponsor and someone's listening who knows someone there, that Ripple. can I just come and voice them? And yep. I promise I will drink a glass when I do it. So people would love to hear it just slide down the old throat. Oh, a little. <laughs> absolutely. Oh my god! So there's that, oh, but yeah. um, I do enjoy Ritz crackers. Have you had a flaming hot Cheeto? No, and I won't. I used to love Cheetos though. I know that is the most popular snack among friends here that I have. Flaming hots, love a flaming hot oh, Cheetos. They're so good. Yeah, there's the flaming hots with lime. Why won't you ever have one cheddar it's cheese? Is it? It's like oh, I guess like a powder. Is it cheese on those Cheetos? It's probably not, but there's some sprinkled cow lactate in there. Have you ever had a pop tart? Ew! I will never have a pop top. Oh, they're so. What is that? It's a delicious. Is that like a marshmallowy thing? Nope. <laughs> okay. No. All right. You a pop tart? They don't have those in the UK. No, they do. I hate Kellogg's. Them. Oh, Kellogg. Well, that's a brand. That's what it is. Yeah, saying. incredible. Yeah. Cornflakes. I'll eat those. They're great. Or I used to. Yeah. Well, a pop tart. So it's basically a really thin. I guess it would be classified as a pastry. They don't expire though. It takes like I had. 
a box of Pop-Tarts and I looked at the expiration date. It was like two years. And I ended up uh, eating it three years later. What? Why did you know that? I Ew. Felt, besides getting a little gassy, I felt fine. Well. Strawberry. So that, I hate strawberries. Worst food in the world. I, that, I cannot. What? Yeah. Don't. Have you ever had a strawberry? I have had one once in my life because someone did this exact thing. Oh, you're used to this. Yeah. People. I have this conversation, Randy. No one else feels the same. People punking you out for oh. your lack of berry I love. Hate. Someone was like, have you ever tried one? I was like, no, because I know I hate it. The smell makes me want to vomit. And I did it. I <laughs> put one in my mouth and I bit it and I spit that sucker out. Really? Nasty. Was it, wait, maybe you had a sour one. It has the... I don't know. What Sometimes was, you don't have a ripe strawberry, but they're usually very sweet and it, juicy and it, delicious. It's not the sweetness or sourness. It's the flavor of the strawberry. Absolutely not. The smell of it. I disgust. That's okay. They have blueberry Pop-Tarts. No berries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, there's that. And it's basically a little uh, tart shape, uh, rectangle, square, whatever, okay. covered in, uh, filled with. A berry or strawberry, like a jam, like a goo, yeah, a goo, and then topped with oh, my favorite part the white icing with like little sprinkle bits in it. Mm. Sound you toast bad. it and like a warm Pop Tart, I'll eat it cold, I'll eat a frozen one. I don't care. Mm. I love Pop Tarts. Wait, how do you feel for the Europe version about a chocolate croissant? I love a croissant, so good. A little French snack. I like an almond chocolate croissant. That's weird. They're amazing, like with half an almond sprinkled on the top. No, like inside is like an almond flavoring. Nope. With you don't eat that either. That sounds. I don't know about that. Have you ever had pineapple? I hate pineapple. <laughs> Do you want to list the foods I hate? <laughs> Just, <laughs> I think people are going to be like mind blown because I, I hate it. I think Elliot in this relationship that we've developed over the years. Yes. I said, wow. Spiritually, we connect. Ugh. Intellectually. Emotionally deep yep. as the Atlantic. Oh, I'm the Atlantic. You're the Let's Indian Ocean. Oh. Red Sea. I don't know. There's what? somewhere else. Okay. But it's deep. And Why did you go there? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I just... Uh-oh. <laughs> Here we go again. Canceled. <laughs> Damn it. Is it. I wonder, is it even called the Indian Sea anymore? Probably not. The A-A-P-I-C. I'll call it whatever you want. Basically, you I'll have be the, a lot I'll take the Atlantic because I'm next to that from my mother country. There you go. Great. So on all these different types of things that I check off my box, I'm like, Elliot is literally perfect. Ugh. And then we got to pineapple. Oh. Then we got to flaming hot Cheetos. Gross. And I didn't realize your diet is like a little gremlin. You're very specific in what you eat. Yeah. It's so cute. I actually think it's precious. Like, you only eat very specific things. And I kind of always have. There's been yeah. a lot of stuff I don't this like. Is, yeah. And it's like, I had you try an apple tart for the first time. Oh! You hated it. Disgusting. I really thank you, though, for trying it. Because I thank love... You. Apple pie. Oh, it's an American staple. It is. Mm, apple, like warm apple pie with a big scoop of vanilla bean ice cream on top of it, melting into the hot apples. I don't mind an ice cream. The only dessert I like is chocolate cake. That's it. I can repeat it, but that is it. Chocolate cake and nothing else. That's actually what I've eaten today. I had that for breakfast. That one we bought. Yeah. Yeah. I cut that in half and ate that. It's like, and it's a very like rich, decadent chocolate cake. Oh, yeah. You vegan love too. the chocolate. Too. Love the chocolate. Here are the fruits I like and will eat. It's this is such a short list that you can share them on the podcast. Like here we go: apples, watermelon, grapes, maybe 
Why maybe? Mm. They're sour too often. Depends on the grape. And a red grape. Have too. you ever had a cotton candy grape? What is that? Oh, that Elliot. is the most American thing I've ever heard. Cotton candy grapes. I hate it. They're grape injected have with you ever sugar had cotton covered candy? in syrup. We call it candy floss. Another little European moment <laughs> for you. Candy fluge. Ooh. Uh, uh, have you ever- yeah, once I've like, it's dissolved on my tongue and I've been very confused and traumatized and never it's again. It's delicious. It's sugar. It's spun sugar. Mm. No. So they have cotton candy grapes that have no artificial sugar. No, that's not true. I put my life on it. Okay. I sacrifice. I put my life. I swear on the low life. You told me Cheez-Its were vegan. I know. I have a past. And then describe them as 100% (laughs) cheddar. No, but but these cotton candy grapes, I promise you. Where's my? There's no. Ew! This is a visual. They're no. They're they're grown and they taste like cotton candy. The way they're grown, it's like a high. Like like um, pink lemonade. Uh, there's a pink lemonade tree. What? That you can get. It's a hybrid tree, and the lemons taste like pink lemonade. Here's the thing. I don't know if I'm about this mess. Cross pollination. With... It's so cool. It, it is cool, but it's also like mad scientist a bit. But with nature, I think it's cool. It's I'm like, like poison to ivy look at, from It's Batman. interesting, but to then like put into your body this. It's natural. Oh, it makes me sound like such a purist. I hate that. You are a little bit of a purist. No, I hate it. That was horrible. So you're going to say mud crack next. It's not the case. Drink your pee milk. Wait, let me. <laughs> cotton candy grape. I'm nervous. No. I'm having so much fun. I am too. Let's tell you that. <laughs> I am too. Look at this. Cotton candy grapes. Wait, I just. Everything you need to know about the unique hybrid. There's no cotton candy grapes. They look just like. Oh, they look exactly the same. Yes. Just the flavor. I would hate it. Damn it. Yeah, I really would. I think you'd love it. No. Could I do an episode where we try fun things together? Yes. Like eating things. You bring me what you want me to try. <gasps> and I'll try anything. I'm a okay. human dumpster. I'm just not going to eat. Just keep it vegan friendly. I'm ready. Oh, I could do that. Okay, great. Can you? Well, <laughs> I, don't do, know. I want you to try a Slim Jim. What's that? Oh, it's so good. I mean, I haven't had one in a long it's not time. like a long beef dick. Looking yeah. Thing. I'm not doing that. Well, I don't know what kind of meat it is. It could be otter. It could be. What? I don't know. <laughs> it's horrifying. I have no idea what meat it is. It's, it's just a meat that doesn't really expire. And it's in plastic. And you can get them at your local like gas station, Shell, AMPM. I know what you're talking about. Mm. How do you describe these things and then still want to eat them? That's my question. I don't know. I love them. Oh, but. my spam fried rice will change your life. <gasps> spam. You like spam? What is not now? But it was a kid. Yeah, I think I ate spam. It's actually popular in the UK. Yeah, it is spam hash moment. Yeah, but what is it? Uh, I think that one is like a mixtration of like horse pig. Did you say mixtration? Yeah. Is that a word? I don't know. It's my word. I loved it. Please continue. Because I thought you said menstruation and no, I just wanted to check. It's okay. a mixtration of a bunch of different stuff. Maybe it's pig. I hope not. I don't know. Okay. It's meat and it's like meat a meat hybrid. Yeah. Pinkish color with that gross jelly when you get it out of the can. Jelly? Yeah. There's that clear gelatin that's on. <gasps> it's gross. But fried up, heaven. Yeah. Fried up with eggs. I would commit to eating fruits that I hate with you. And trying them. I would do that for you on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you did have a visceral Hideous. reaction to the apple tart. Hideous. You, Maybe we should film it too. I did film you eating oh, the apple tart. And I'm going to share it with the low oh, lifers. No. 
You would have thought I was giving him cyanide or f- horse shit. It was he nasty. Was, it smelled. He took a bite of it and then spit it out, and I popped it in my mouth. Oh. Because I was like, I'm not wasting this. It's so good. Fruit is not supposed to be hot. I'm sorry. I, I beg to differ. Oh, I, a warm fruit, any type of. I'm. I love it. I hate it. I would love to do that episode though. I'm down. So the United States wins in snacks. Okay. We're going to give United States a point. You've made a better Europe case. Europe gets a point with the unique Everything world else. perspective. Okay. Give me- <laughs> you, the way you said, the way you looked to me was like, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> give me your top UK artist. I'll give you my top United States artist. Uh, musical artist? Yeah. Singer? We'll go with singer and then a, an actor or actress besides you. UK will win. Has oh gross! Like I'm gonna say me. I was gonna say you. you're the best thing <gasps> to come out of the UK. Oh cute. Best thing to come out of it. I know what I'm gonna tell you, and okay. I'll win because you won't argue. That's right. Damn it. Yeah. Who? Engelbert Humperdinck. Oh shit. Got ya. Gotcha. Done. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing that came out of the UK Done. for you. No, not for me. For you. I just wanted That's to win true. that round. I do love him and. Okay. I can't wait for that concert, but who would you... Art, singer, artist? Yeah, let's compete. We have, we've already done food, we've done perspective, and now I want to go into top artists that came out of the UK for Okay, you. I'll give you a handful of top artists, both five. past and current. The Beatles. Yeah. Well, I agree, but everyone loves oh, The Beatles. That's true, people are obsessed. They're obsessed. Yeah. I'm not saying these are my favorites necessarily, but David Bowie. Oh, shit. Legend with people. Adele, current day legend. Who's the uh, Ed Sheeran, current legend? Is he from the UK? I thought he was from Ireland. No, he's the UK. Wow. Yeah, pretty sure. Crushing it. Also, Ireland has some people too. Well, Cheryl Crow moment. Mm, yeah. Is that true? Cheryl Crow? <laughs> <laughs> no. Tom Jones? Oh, he's Welsh. Welsh. Boom. UK moment. You know I love me a bit of Jesse J too. Oh, Jesse oh, J. Stamp, stamp, I'm a bang, ah! bang, bang into the. Oh, yeah. I single handedly was her unofficial PR team of the UK oh, yeah. when that song drops. Of I told everyone. Anyway, oh, she's, a, as the UK would say, a brilliant artist. She is brilliant, that voice. I have to say, I'm in awe of her vocals. And I, I you know, Insane. well, my heart beats strong for Mariah, for the Selena Quintanillas, yes. for the Celine Dion, Ugh. for all of the. And then to hear Jess, and she was like cooking up breakfast one time, and she just was like belting it out at the top of her lungs. And I was, I came while she was, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. And she was like, do you want this? She was like whipped up a vegan meat pie. You'd love her because she's vegan. Oh, yeah, um, I get it. And, uh, and she just casually was singing at the top of her lungs. And I was just in awe. And I'm like, how are you a real human, you it's magical insane. unicorn? It's insane. I just hearing her voice made me un- do it like a dude. And then Price Tag, when that came out, I, I've definitely at the time, I think I watched every available version of Price Tag, acoustic, Same. live, all the stuff. And she's incredible. Like, yeah, she's the, the, a very special artist. And I know she works so hard too, but the natural ability already to sing that way. I don't know anyone who can sing like Jessie J. I don't. Yeah, these days. Demi, Lo- Demi Lovato has a pretty good voice. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. She does. Demi can sing. No, you're not a Demi. Fair, okay. Hey. 
bad blood between Demi. <laughs> I didn't know. Trigger. No, I have nothing didn't against Demi. Love I have nothing against Demi. But you love a lot of her songs too. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So you threw out some great artists. Um, yeah, come on. My turn. You threw out your UK easy. artists, but I'm gonna hit you with. I'm not done though. But go on. You can do one more. Okay, but I'm gonna wait till you go. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with Michael freaking Jackson. I knew, it. I knew it. Mariah, New Jersey, Carrie. That's true. Michael Jackson's from Indiana. Uh, Mariah Carey. Selena. Corpus Christi. Quintanilla. <laughs> freaking iconic. True. I'm trying to think of another one that I'm obsessed I with. I feel like there's one obvious one for me, too, that I've just completely missed. Also, everyone's white that I said, and I hate that. Beyonce, Texas Knowles. Oh, Beyonce. And I'm going to go with my fifth one. I just got to mm, hit you hard with it and just slaughter the I know UK. that you would put Janet in there. So I'll give you an honorary Janet. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say the entire Jackson family. Yes, Tito. That's fair. Included. You can. Oh, well done. He's my least favorite, but okay. he is included. Done. Okay, Elvis wait. Presley. Oh, Are no. We... No. Do you know what? I'm going to argue with you on that. What? Elvis... He's from Memphis. Elvis stole, maybe not him directly. He stole so many songs from black artists and what? made them. Yes, you don't know this. Hold on. Oh, American history sucks, man. Elvis Presley. I thought he is the reason why all those it, artists had ew, music. Ew. <laughs> ew. I thought he created gospel music. No <laughs> <laughs> match. No, Elvis. I mean, no surprise, really, once you start to learn a bit about how the world works, especially here. But so many of Elvis's hits were written and performed by other artists and groups, uh, particularly black artists that people were not paying as much attention to. And for whatever reasons, they ripped them from them, gave them to him, and then people were interested. And so Damn. I'm not blaming him, but. Yeah, that, I know that happened a lot with Motown artists yeah, as well. All the time. I was actually listening to, uh, listening to an interview that uh, Barry Gordy did. And if you're not familiar with Barry Gordy, the king of Motown, he's an incredible producer, singer, songwriter, not singer, uh, producer, I've got my and songwriter and I mean the Supremes, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, like Barry Gordy, or was it Quincy? No, Barry Gordy's behind it all. Quincy Jones is phenomenal too. But anyway, he was talking about having these artists and having to put uh, just like a picture of like a white person on the album cover um, so that people would listen to it. Because at the time, 50s and 60s, you know, having black artists wasn't going to sell, unfortunately. It's so sad. So yeah, hit me with your best from the UK, Elliot. Okay, well, I have a little grid here, and I'm going to say I wish that there were more um, beautiful people of color on this list that aren't. I'm going to need to say a few, but I'm going to say this to you. Elton John. Oh, shit. Absolute legend. Yeah, incredible. You're giving me, by the way, yours, because this is, we're going to not just, we'll do Europe, but specifically... This is a battle between the UK You're right. and America. Yeah. And Elton John is actually from the UK. Freddie Mercury and Queen. Oh, shit. Yes. Uh, Amazing. Amy Winehouse. Oh, my God. Yes. An icon of her time. Phil Collins. Oh, amazing. Boom. Tarzan makes me cry. Eric Clapton. Oh, mm, his, like, look into my father's eyes. Did you ever hear that song? I don't really know any of his music. Tears in Heaven. Yeah, Do you know what happened to Eric Clapton? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Son it's tragic. It's tragic. Horrible. But I was doing other things. Um, George Michael. Oh, love him. Absolute icon. Beautiful then, man. Let me just do a couple more. Because there's a whole list here. 
Olivia Newton-John. Um, do you know who Boy George is? Of course. Okay, great. Boy Culture George. Club. Yes. Oh. And then one more. Liam Payne. No, I'm kidding. But oh. he is on the list. Shirley Bassey. Boom. Who's that? Oh, no! What do you mean? Who? How do you know Engelbert Humperdinck and you don't know Shirley Bassey? She, oh, an, is she an emerging artist? She's 84. There you go. She's right. right up there with Engelbert. But tell you what, yes, we'll go to Engelbert and then I'll take us to a Shirley Bassey concert. We'll fly over to the UK yeah. and have a whole little experience. I'm sure she's residing in California now. Yeah, probably is. <laughs> Sam Smith's another one too. And I'm finished. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to hit you with the United States. Okay. Elvis Presley, I've... Aretha freaking Franklin, oh. Michael Jackson, Marvin Gaye, Prince, Stevie Wonder, James Brown, Frank Sinatra. This is where all the black Ray people are. Ray Charles. <gasps> oh, yeah. Uh, Europe, I mean, for being so inclusive and you're open. You're right. Do you know what? You're shining a Whitney light. freaking Houston. Uh. Bob Dylan. Mm. I mean, Otis Redding, Johnny Cash, Dolly Parton, Stevie Nicks. Wow, you're right. Willie Nelson. You're Bruce right. Springsteen, Jim Morrison, Christina Aguilera, Gladys Knight. Oh, Madonna. Oh. Madonna's British. Yes. No, she's not. What are you talking about? Are you about? nuts? Are you insane? No, she's not. I'm sorry to burst your British bubble. But Madonna is from Bay City, Michigan. All the Great Lakes, baby. She's a United States girl. You're a complete. You have no idea. Just because she slept with an English dude and had Madonna, a weird fake accent. Which country is Madonna from? American. Yeah. That just... is one of the most shocking things I've ever learned <laughs> in my life. She's not English. No, but she did have a phase when she was with Guy Ritchie, the English the Australian. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was English. Well, let's check that too, because at this rate. I thought Guy Ritchie was from the UK. Guy Ritchie is an absolute Aussie. Oh, sorry. Let's see. Guy Ritchie, birthplace. United Kingdom. Go to you hell. I don't, do you know what? You win, because. Wait, really? Yeah, you crazy fanny. <laughs> Yes. I'm done. So she was with Guy Ritchie in the UK. And then she started doing press tours because she was promoting, I believe, Evita at the time, which I loved it. A lot of people didn't. It's a phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. <gasps> we still haven't watched Hunchback because you hate ugly people. It's my biography. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's too close to home. Oh, my God. Me and my tower. You're my Esmeralda. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> Beautiful human. But, um. Yeah, Guy Ritchie's from the UK, and she started speaking with an accent. Ew. It was so weird. So there's a lot. I made a bunch of memes about it because I just thought it was so funny that she just picked up the accent. And sometimes she'll still break into it. Just like when she adopted a few kids, I think, in Africa, but then she started wearing a kinte cloth. And just <laughs> oh. It's just, I, Madonna is, she's always doing the most. Yeah. But I think back, like, with cultural appropriation, which is such a hot topic right now right but if you think about like do you remember uh madonna you're frozen when your heart's not yes. open when your heart's not open and she was like a gothic geisha and then she was she went through her spanish phase spanish isla phase. bonita la isla bonita you remember that I don't know song i never heard that before what? Never. Are you gay? <laughs> Your face just You gay, bro? You're so angry. I don't understand. I don't know what that song is, but you all gay, the other bruh? ones I know. 
You know Isla Bonita. It's one of her. It's a hit. I, I love when you say it. I feel like she shouldn't be doing this. I know. Yeah. She's like making burritos and just like eating tacos to sing about. And, yeah. But she's kind of like, <laughs> she was Spanish. She was British. Right. From the UK. She's been a geisha from Japan. She's like kind she of made it global. Yeah. I think she even went through like a, I'm from India phase ray Don't, of light. Like not. she's really, you know, she even wore the little uh, oh, headdress. And, yes. I don't know if that would fly these days. No, probably not these days. We evolve. We evolve. And like, standards but also, I will say, Mm. I wasn't like, after Madonna dresses like a weird geisha vibe, I was like, I'm moving to Japan. Right. Like, so I know it is cultural appropriation. And that's like a shitty part about it. But it is, you're right. It is interesting when artists make artistic choices that are going to be put out in an official way of like, like a music video or sharing a vision of something. There is a conversation around, is that, should we hold the same uh, criticisms about cultural appropriation for that? Or is that cultural education? Oh. I don't know the answer. Checkmate. Boom. What do you think? I are think you cool with it? Well, I wouldn't say I'm cool with it flat out across you the cool board. You cool with appropriating? <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and there's definitely a conversation to be had around that and to say, like, that, that, to be done in the right way, there's a respectable space for, look, music is a universal language tool, a thousand percent. It's a language that we all speak and can connect on. That's why Eurovision is so great. Yeah. <laughs> Eurovision, Eurovision, Eurovision. <laughs> but, uh, hey, that's probably why Madonna was the perfect artist to perform as an interval act at Eurovision. Because she's yeah. pulling all four corners of, corners of the world I together. would put money on it. And of course, she'll never admit this. But I would bet you that she watches the show religiously and has stolen so many of the concepts <gasps> and the artist type of vision that they have. Because <sighs> you're seeing very innovative things on Eurovision. You are. It's very I'm true. sure Gaga, Madonna, a lot of these US oh, artists. Oh, Gaga would slay on Eurovision. Walking out of her own dress made of meat. Are you kidding? Oh, incredible. And then she's wearing a milk, new kind of milk dress somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly gushing. What a great idea. Yeah. You know, like that. I would be down. You if Gaga have, did it. Well, you could design this. Just have like a collar that has a funnel up the back and it just sprays out in a fan way. Not ill. Oh, but wearing a dead horse all over you is fine. Fashion. <laughs> it's very different. It does. Uh, the milk is like messy. Yeah, but that's what's cool about it. Fashion's guess, messy. Yeah, Make a it statement. sure is. It could be art. I actually love that. Yeah. I will say I'm sure they've stolen a lot of ideas off of Eurovision for yeah. sure. Yeah. Because I know they both go into the archives and take stuff that's been done from Bowie and uh, Grace Jones and all these incredible. Oh, Grace Jones. UK icon. Oh, that counts. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's take a, it. That's Don't a big lie. one. I'm, I want to. Oh, Alexander McQueen. Big designer. Oh, yeah. UK. That, I can't really compete with you on that, though, because I don't know anything about that. Oh, oh yeah, yes, I do. World. What's her name? Bear with me. Vivian Westwood. Thank you. Love her. Oh, love her. Can you give me your best American accent? Uh, no, absolutely not. You have to pay me. Really? Yeah. It's the only way I can make money. Fair. <laughs> I love it. So some artists do cultural appropriation, but you were saying in regards to their music that sometimes it could be a way of a teachable moment. Yeah, for cultural culture. education rather than appropriation. Fair. 
I'm curious what listeners think about that. Second part of it is, can you separate the music from the act if there's some like criminal activity, perhaps some molestation? If a uh, Bill Cosby, you got about 76 rapes under your belt. Mm. <laughs> God, <laughs> so dark. He's a monster. Yeah. But like he was America's dad. Yeah. R. Kelly, I believe I can fly. I thought I could fly after Great song. R. Kelly. Great song. Yeah. But he's like yep. pissing on women <laughs> and keeping them locked up like freaking yeah. animals. Yeah. I would you don't even treat animals like that. No. Like it's some like, well, did you watch Finding R. Kelly? Or no, Finding yes. R. Kelly. I think Surviving it's R. Kelly. Surviving <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> I miss him. Um no, Surviving R. Kelly. Yes, I did watch that. Okay, so it's horribly fascinating. Yeah, and yeah. then you know, there's other artists too that have very controversial pasts. Yeah, or allegations. Some of them proven innocent. Some of them proven guilty. Wow. You know, this is a heavy segment. I love it. I'm just curious. You are an artist as well, and mm. how do you feel? Like, are you able to still appreciate the art and craft of whatever musician, actor, actress, and separate that part of it? Yes, I can appreciate it. But I wouldn't say that's the same as celebrating it. Woody Allen, another one. Okay, real talk. Say you don't know something dark about a person, right? And say it's a director, an actor, they do a film and you love the film, you think it's amazing. Then afterwards you learn something dark or something you don't like or something terrible about that person. Do I believe that that means that something they created that you have an appreciation for suddenly isn't good? No, it's not true. And I think we have to be able to get more comfortable with the duplicitous nature of that understanding of humanity and art. Mm. This coming from someone, by the way, who always separates it. Right. And I agree with like, I don't, I'm not celebrating Bill Cosby, but yeah, he has had funny specials and I love Jell-O to this day. <laughs> Wait, uh, he's responsible for Jell-O? No, he was the face of Jell-O for a while. Oh. J-E-L-L-O, Jell-O. No, that was my worst <laughs> Bill Cosby. <laughs> I have a really difficult time and I would not watch a Woody Allen film. Right. Not going to do it. Right. He's an actual monster. And now when I'm watching Woody Allen films, which some of them are great, like Annie Hall, 1976 classic. Right. Love Diane. But Keaton. even there, like you're right, you can say it was a great movie. And that's what I think of. I'm like, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The art isn't the person. It's it comes from them. But it doesn't mean that everything that comes from something that's been involved in something bad or uncomfortable has to also be bad and uncomfortable. That's just not true. And I think that's an uncomfortable thing to navigate. Yeah. But I believe that it's true. There's more colors to something than just, you know, an undesirable one in one instance. Yeah. R. Kelly wouldn't go to his concert, but still yeah, appreciate no, his music. Yeah, exactly. Like I would. Wouldn't even buy his music though now. No, and I, I agree. I wouldn't want to actively support someone after learning truths about them, but I don't think that we can always be expected in every case to retroactively apply our reprehension for someone or someone's acts for everything that they've done across the board all the time. Look at the whole Michael Jackson thing. <gasps> when that happened. I know. Oh, Controversial I I, it's like the one people. I don't talk about, but go ahead. But this is the, so let's talk about it for that reason. This is someone who, world icon maybe the oh you look so upset i know i'm so yeah <laughs> i know but look it's people are not gonna love my opinions on this i'm sure let's let's, let's do it do it mm -hmm. and see what happens 
happened. Look, this is someone who's a, a, a at one point in time a globally respected, loved, admired, acknowledged superstar icon, maybe the greatest of all time. I don't think there has been a bigger star in this world. I agree. Not even Elvis Presley. No, nowhere near. I mean, Elvis is pretty big, but like, but not the kind of world global impact that Michael Jackson had. Michael Jackson. It's it's like a god. I don't think there's, I don't think there's anyone else that can come close. Really though. No, I I, I mean, I agree. It'd be very hard. And then things come out about Michael and the conversation is, you know, so should we now play Michael songs? Should they be on the radio? Uh, and by the way, I don't consider myself any kind of authority to speak about this. I'm just willing to have the conversation and not be intimidated. Same. I'm by not it. like yeah. part of the academy. Yeah, right. We don't know. <laughs> we don't have the answers. But no. I don't think you need to well, have I the think answers. We could have, have a conversation. conversation, though. Exactly. But I just want to say that to people listening. Oh, same. Yeah. I'd encourage you guys to have conversations about. Don't shy away from it because it's uncomfortable because you don't know. You don't know what you might find at the end that you don't have. I usually shy away from it because I know I have an unpopular opinion regarding the Jackson dynasty. Which I'm assuming is along the lines of you love Michael and you'll always support his art. Absolutely. And image. And I think there has to be room where that is understandable and acceptable because what that isn't the same is, I will say in your defense, and people who have that opinion and feel that passionately about it, Wanting to support someone that you love and has had a huge impact in your life through thick and thin is not the same necessarily as condoning horrible acts Mm-mm. if you believe that they happened. Which, right. I mean, I don't think that you can reasonably not believe them, but still, some people will. I don't think it's the same thing as just saying, all that stuff is fine and I'm fine with it. Yeah. No. Look at family. And that's the easiest thing I think that's relatable for most people. Who's the, what artist is that? No, people's families. Oh. In the world, in general. Oh, like a family. Like a fam, like an aunt and an uncle. Oh. And <laughs> I'm Who's like, ooh. Family. <laughs> what single do they that release? Maybe that would be our duo name. Yeah. Ooh. Family. No, hammer and chisel for us. Yes. Or pestle and mortar. Mm, yum. <laughs> I'm the pestle. Any family, right? You have shit that goes on. Everyone does. Even just your parents. It doesn't have to be dark shit, but it can be. But even there are things that are not great about everyone. But in family, there tends to be uh, more. It's more likely that there'll be an acceptance of people for given for their I flaws. see it all the time. I watch yeah. every Dateline episode and it's always oh. like a son murders six people or right? whatever. And the mom's like, oh, he didn't mean it. Yeah. And, the, you know, my mom would say the same. I, I don't know. Yeah. But like, honestly, a parent's love, a mother's a love, love, a father's love. Like, And I think when you're a superstar on that level or you're somebody globally recognized for your art, especially as an artist... You have that impact on people. People love you. You change people's lives through your art and what isn't you it, put out. Isn't it crazy to know that, like, Michael Jackson, I watch his concerts on the regular. Him and Selena are on repeat. Oh, and Janet. I watch, like, on all the time. I'm just washing dishes. I'm taking a shower. Michael's playing. I'm yep. taking a shit. Janet. <laughs> I'm freaking whatever it could be doing. Put myself tanner on with Selena. Yeah. But what blew my mind, Selena had this too, but it was very different audience. But Michael, mm. people are fainting, passing out by the power of Michael. Yep. Like, you know, in those church sermons when the guy is like, you know, the power of the Lord and people and pass out, yep. faint and seizure. Yeah. It's like crazy. Michael was having like people, hundreds of people having fainting spells. People were, it was like pandemonium. It yep. was till the day he died. People yeah. were still, I was at his funeral. 
It was, oh yeah. You I were went, at his funeral? I went to Michael Jackson's funeral at Staples Center. <sighs> oh, it was down the street? Yeah. That's so weird. Huge. Wow. Yeah. I know. I saved the program because I'm like, that's going to be worth so much money one day. That could yeah, be my crazy. retirement. Are we allowed to have unconditional love for someone like MJ? Or do we not allow room for that to happen? I think there are so many people who say you're not allowed to like MJ or anything about him or what he's done anymore because you know that he, he likely did something terrible on these accounts numerous times. And I agree. No one disagrees that that act and that behavior is reprehensible, especially in today's society. Oh, no sure, one's for agreeing sure. with that. No one's saying that's yeah. fine. I don't think anyone's like, oh, yeah, like molestation. Yeah, like, no. no. But I think often the conversation Sick. about Michael Jackson or the person yeah. takes on the weight of the allegations. And I think that they, there is room for them to be two different conversations. I agree entirely. With so, that. again, I don't know the answer, but I, I, I don't think that it's true that Michael Jackson now had no impact on the world because he is guilty or might be guilty of these things. And it shouldn't be shrouded. Like the thing is, uh, I don't know. I just, maybe I, I'm just too personal to it. Not like, like I was at Neverland. Like I was not you know, <laughs> too close to home for me. Um, no, it's right, not. But right. I like man in the mirror, my favorite song of all time. Mm -hmm. It's just, and it profoundly like affected me. I, it, I mean, if I was in a dark place and I've been before, Man in the Mirror comes on and I'm like, I think I'm going to live another day. Right. Because that song is so beautiful. And right. there's a lot of music like that that he has. That, yeah. I mean, my mom is a diehard Michael Jackson fan. Mm -hmm. I have to say that, yeah, his music is so powerful and beautiful that it yeah. is really difficult for me to, to not love it still yeah, you yeah. know or not embrace it and i i still wear my mj i have cool mj t-shirts you know and i love i'm a big fan of him right so i think if it's something reminiscent to and and celebratory of past good positive impact i think that it should be room for that to be okay almost if, like a case by case situation it is case by case and there's again there's no one rule for each person and for each individual supporter or non-supporter but Here's a broad example I would use for all of this stuff. American history, because we're in America. Slavery is an undeniable dark part of American history. Debatable. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're I like, uh, how do I even... Across the couch. Get out of my home, bro. <laughs> like, it's that a, is an argument with some people, though. I know, but it's this is It's insane to me. It makes me sick. It is a fact. And this is not biased. Of course. It's just a fact. This it's an yeah. undeniable part of American history that makes a lot of people. It's Absolutely. uncomfortable for everyone. It's the foundation. The White House was built by black people. Exactly. On for the backs white of people. slaves. For white people. I yeah. mean, that just goes to show. So this is the thing. Okay. Generally, uh, the, the white identity has had a huge negative impact on the lives of others. On a systemic level, that has happened, generally speaking, in the history of this country. Yeah. So slavery is something that has to be acknowledged in what America is. America, the artist, slavery is a part of it. Does that mean that nothing good can come from America, the artist, from right. that point? No. Does it mean that nothing good happened in the past from America, the artist? No. Does it mean that 
every white person in America is inherently evil. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But does it or also- racist? Yeah, right. Exactly. And people, if you feel uncomfortable with like these ideas, then it's easy to just bail out. But in my stance anyway is it doesn't make that true. But it also there is an undeniable history that it might not be your direct fault. You didn't do those things, but it doesn't mean that we should ignore that's a part of the history that is people's heritage. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's shades of gray for me. I think it's both. We can't just be willing to filter out the things that we're comfortable with or uncomfortable with and focus on those. No, we have to be it open has to, to be it the all. whole thing. MJ was an incredible artist, such a talented not even just musician, artist, all-round performer, everything. The creative mind, genius, amazing. Really? But you can't just say he's incredible until he does something that you don't like or don't agree with. It can also be true that you don't agree with those things, that you find that reprehensible. And if you don't want to support him now, I think it should be a choice more than a rule at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I'm. let's not take away the Grammys and the accolades and the impact. Yeah. You have to acknowledge everything, yes. but not just the bad, not just the good. The person as a whole. Yeah, it's all true. All the awards and accolades and things that he did and the things he's accused of, they're all true. The allegations are definitely true. And probably, you know, I'm not, I don't disbelieve that those things actually happen to those people. I don't want it to sound like that, but right, it all has to be acknowledged. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if we solved anything, but we had an uncomfortable conversation and we're both still here and the world didn't explode and I'm still obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with you too. And I love that I could have these conversations with you. And I will say, Ellie, it's really nice that you are a man of color mm -hmm. and you are black and proud That's and right. you're openly gay hit and hit me with it. Hit me with it. And I mean, you are, I, I love that we can speak openly and have these conversations and it feels like a safe place. And I do think that sometimes when you get into this space, mm. oh, it's freaking like thin ice. Yeah. It is thin be. white ice. But I will say <laughs> this much. Having the conversations are important. But also, I do feel, speaking from a minority standpoint. Yes. And you are as well. Mm. We're both these little minorities up in here that, I don't know, there's a, almost a comfort. Yeah. And I feel a little bit more safe in that place because I can navigate it. Because I'm like, yeah, I've had some racist shit happen to me. And, and also the last thing I would say about that is when you are someone who has experienced intolerance, when you've been on the receiving end of intolerance, it's likely that you have the greatest capacity to encourage tolerance of all things. Because you understand what it's like to be told you're wrong when you're not, or that you're not valuable or valid when you sure. are. And I think when you know how easy it is for people to be so dead set on the fact that you're going to hell because you're gay or you aren't worthy of this space because you're brown skinned or whatever it is, when you are that thing, you know that there's nothing wrong with you. The only thing that tells you there is, is other people's opinions, but there's nothing inherent about you that's different from other people that makes you less valuable or less worthy. So when you know how wrong someone's convictions can be about morality, I think it allows you to be more understanding of the fullness of people's reality. And that's Absolutely. why I think minorities should rule the world and be in all positions of power in government. Oh my God. 100%. Yes. 100%. Yeah. And I will say to my racist friends out there. Please. Um, <laughs> No, I, I know people, I wouldn't say, well, 
even with that, I have friends that definitely have prejudice. And I think we all do to Mm. some extent, whether you want to admit it or not, there's, it's ingrained in, you know, it takes effort and really learning about people and cultures and things to open your mind and see different lenses and perspectives. And I've talked about that a lot on the podcast, but even to people that have a very specific view of a race or, you know, are homophobic or things like that, mm-hmm. or say things that are homophobic mm-hmm. or sexist or misogynist. Yeah. Like, I hear it all the time like, to this day. Even simple things like that's so gay, always being a negative thing. That's so gay. Using, well, now gay is used as like, well, it's a negative. It's not a good thing. Right. And it's something that people make fun of or, oh, you're gay. Mm. It's oh, one of God. the reasons I, to this day, don't feel comfortable using that word as a label. Not because I have discomfort with it, but because I know it's going to give people an idea of what I am that doesn't fit me. And it's, the idea is negative. And that sucks. That's like a part of my identity that in a way has been stolen from me to be used as some kind of offensive stab whenever people, without even thinking about it, just want to be lazy with their language. Yeah. And for people that have those prejudices, I always have the perspective of, it comes from a place of either fear or just someone just not being informed, mm-hmm. not having the experience, the mm-hmm. life experience, the yeah. in-person interaction or the conversation. Yeah. So now everyone's having these conversations, which is great. Mm. Putting it out there, laying it on the freaking table. Yep. Often the fear people hold about things they don't understand dissolves as soon as they start to learn something real from the source, not from some hearsay, not someone's opinion. If you don't know anything about someone who's gay and you're not comfortable with it and you think it's wrong, How many people do you actually know who are gay? How many questions have you asked them? How much have you listened to them? If you do those things and you don't like it, I'll respect that you don't like it. You don't have to. But don't make opinions on something that you have no dose of reality about. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't at all. We need to, I think we need to put more energy into providing each other with safer spaces. Yeah. And I know how much my friends appreciate that. And I appreciate that about my friends. Because then we're able to have conversations a friend of mine was like asking about a term the other day because they want to know, is, is this offensive or not? Because I don't know. I'm not exposed. I can't really find the thing. And I just want to have a conversation with someone about it. Can Could I, I ask what this? the term is? Yes. Um, gender bender. Gender bender. Yes. Is a term that I believe has been used. Basically, it's like, a, a, in, I believe, a not so savvy uh trans community term to refer to someone who doesn't dress to their perceived sex, you know? So like Harry Styles or David Bowie could be referred to as a trender bender, a or, gender. Bender. Oh, sorry. Gen- trender hey, bender. Trender bender. You should take it's great. trends, but I, you know, and I a gender bender, okay. a friend of mine just in conversation, I think either said that or asked me about it. And I, I just said, Hey, I think like that's probably a term that has been outdated and I think could cause offense. And you might want to, you know, just. Yeah. I haven't really heard that in right forever. Exactly. And so I think when people don't hear about things in forever, the same with the, the term mulatto as well, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. But I have a friend who it's funny when you're mixed race, right? This is, there's going to be a whole revolution and evolution for the mixed race community because we spent so long being able to put people in these neat little boxes and you're black, you're African-American, you're Latino, you're white, you're this, you're that. And more and more and more, I mean, no one is one thing. No, no. one is 100% anything. It's just the ease of organization. But there is this space that I can say this as someone who is mixed race. We don't know how to categorize that. 
people like mixed race, biracial. Uh, no one's, I mean, even I'm not biracial, but multiracial, I think is probably the best term to use, but no one's using that. But you, because well, I guess everyone would be considered multiracial. Everyone is multiracial, but yeah. that doesn't help us organize and categorize and stereotype people. So why would we do it as a human race? Anyway, <laughs> but I think, you know, this was a friend who's mixed race and is, they told me about, there was a point in time when they heard just through learning and educating themselves in history that, um, at one point in time, mulatto was the term used to refer to people of mixed race. Yeah. And for them in their own present day personal life, they had a term where they finally felt seen. They were finally able to give themselves a name like everyone else could. If you feel like you're not allowed to call yourself black, you're not allowed to call yourself white. If that happens to be your mix, instead of just being mixed race, isn't a label. It's literally saying a mix of different races. Right. That actually was a positive thing to them. And so they were like, oh, I have something to call myself. And it's that word. Then in doing that in the world, they end up having conversations with people where they share with them the history of that. And that's, you know, it's not it's a very a charged, very negatively charged, offensive of term understood because of history. Just like you wouldn't go around using the N-word unless you want to reclaim it. Like we were talking about faggot earlier. Right. It's definitely an offensive word, but also and your it dad depends. likes to eat them depending on where you're from. <laughs> Depending on it, the, and it the also, or, or the location. It depends on the use and the user. But anyway, I, I find it interesting, the whole, all the conversations around like words that we use to define people and our experiences of people and the wholeness of people. It's, we just need to have room to be able to talk about things like this in a and safe way. trip up. It's okay yeah, to trip, trip up. up. No one should be expected to have and know all the answers all the time and they shouldn't be immediately cut out of society because they say a word that someone is offended by if they are willing to learn and they, they don't have malintent. I had a family member recently, they were referring to uh, someone in the entertainment world as a tranny. Right now. That's actually, if you watch like old SNL skits Mm -hmm. or I think it was even like Ace Ventura pet detective with Jim Carrey. Have you seen the documentary on Netflix? No. I can't remember the name, but I'll refer to it after. Oh, but there's a scene when like the mm-hmm. Ace Ventura, everybody finds out that this beautiful female was actually originally born male, yeah. transgender. And had male assigned genitalia Correct. in that scene. I know exactly what you're talking and about. And everybody throws up. Yeah, it's a whole, mo- and not just throws up, a montage of vomit. all these different characters just being repulsed. And spewing yeah. literal vomit. Jim Carrey's plunging his face with a toilet plunger because he's so repulsed by the fact that this is a trans woman. Correct. Yeah. Wow, we've come a long way. But also, that term was used, I, I don't know if it was specifically used in that film, but that's just an example of, right. of that type of yeah. scene. But I know I've heard that term a lot. And yeah. I, I mean, I even remember being in school and hearing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a big rumor that Lady Gaga was actually a man at one point. Mm-hmm. Sierra, the singer. Yeah, I remember the Sierra remember the rumor, Sierra too, rumor that she's really a guy. Yeah. She's a, that terrible word, mm-hmm. tranny. It's actually a, an offensive word. Yes, it is. To use. Uh, with the transgender community. And, but- and I, th- I think the word offensive refers to like how it's considered. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, it's a couple, it's like some kind of shorthand abbreviation for someone who is uh, trans. Correct. Or, I mean, we even say transsexual and now that's not something that people are saying because that is a misleading term. But transsexual at one point in time was the non-offensive correct Oh, term I still to thought use. it was 
Oh shit! I'm ma- hey, maybe it is. This is why we need to talk about it so we yeah. can get on the same page with everyone. Because I don't know necessarily. I just know that this family member who said it is actually a wonderful person and yeah. didn't mean any harm by it at all. Right? They actually were paying, uh, saying it in a complimentary way. Like, look at that, like hot tranny, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, yeah, dial it um, back, yeah. And they're like, oh shoot, like. All right, lesson learned, you know, and yeah. thanks for letting me know. And I think that's great. I think we can only move forward as a society yeah. if we allow room for people to error without even knowing that they're making an error and have a conversation with them that's allowed and doesn't have to be uncomfortable all the time. And we can learn. Like, we have to have room to educate each other. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of hate in the world. There's a lot of people who have died because of who they are. And it's beyond their control. And there's a lot of people who have been tormented and tortured. And so if right now it does feel maybe a little hypersensitive for people and it's just too much to handle, I'm like, I'm okay to handle it right now. I'm okay that it's sensitive. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it is a little hypersensitive. Maybe transsexual is not right. And I just learned that right now with you. Right. Shit. Right. And the best thing to do is learn from the source. But I'm okay with it because then once I feel like, all right, well, if I'm kind of going along and learning as like, if someone says, oh, that's gay. I think I even said that when I was younger at Mm -hmm. some point. And if you say that's so gay, just as someone who is, stop saying it. You say something else. Even if you think it's fine, you don't mean offense. Uh, I think it's the people who are impacted by it and the people who are targeted by language are the ones that get to decide what's offensive and what's not. Like no, no white person gets to decide if the N word is offensive or not. You don't get to. Right. And like, for example, in music, people who aren't black or who aren't oppressed with and by that term, singing along to it in songs. And it's like, well, it's fine. It's in a song and that's okay. It's like, I hear you. And you know what? In the privacy of your own whatever, you can do what you want. And I can't control that. No one can. Oh, like there are people in on social media uh-huh. and the entertainment industry that will be singing along to a rap song and an N bomb is dropped. Yes. And they repeat it and then all of a sudden it blows up. Right. It's wild. Or even people just listening to music as consumers and singing along with stuff. Right. Driving around in their car and like blasting it and yelling it out. It's like if so, there's an argument to say, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't say that word. And people say, well, it's in the song. And there's an argument where people will come back with, it doesn't matter if it's in a song or not. You don't get to say that word. I think when you're in the presence of other people, when there are people that can be impacted by it, and you enjoy singing that word, but you're not a black person, you aren't the person that gets to decide whether you get to sing it or not to, in front of other people or to other people. Again, in your own space where no one's around. Do you? I'm, yeah, I'm not saying it's a good thing to do, but like, I don't get to say what you can and can't do in that space. But when you're in a space that involves other people and impacts other people, you don't get to decide the rules for things that don't impact you. The impacted people do. And again, that's why minorities should be in charge and there, <laughs> of all decisions. Well, and there are made sometimes in this consequences to that sort of a thing. And that being said, of course, we all have a First Amendment right to freedom of speech, which is a liberty not given to many people all around the world. So I don't ever take it for granted. But knowing that also really serves as a reminder that words are powerful. Words affect people. So I'm choosing words wisely because they do have consequences and repercussions. 
It's just blurting out something that seems ubiquitous and trivial to you because of your life lens and your experiences makes you one of the lucky ones. You're fortunate because some of those same words could be so painful, triggering, and really impact someone who has a completely different life experience and life lens from you. So that's why I think it's just irresponsible to just casually drop words like calling someone retarded or saying that's gay or using a word like tranny because all of those words now have been weaponized to tear people down. They cause a lot of pain to different communities. So I'm like, we already have enough of that shit in the world. There's too much of that going on. When I see the news, there's just pain all around the world. So if I could just make a conscientious effort to just be mindful of what the hell comes out of my mouth, then that's what I'm going to do. I love what you posted on Instagram. Oh, you rarely post seven years ago. King. No, yeah. sometimes you'll throw golden I'm nuggets. Post a month. Anytime you post, I'm well, I'm subscribed. Oh my goodness. Anything you on post. It. I'm wrong. First you. one, first one to view it. <laughs> but you said about uh it's the uh, what is it called? <laughs> you would never know that I am gay. <laughs> like, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Pride month. These are not my words. I have to say, I think a lot of people thought this. these were my direct words. That was a repost. Oh, yeah, but still great. Yes, for my dear friend, an incredible photographer, Ryan Flugo. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, a repost means that you are supporting that I message and you it. completely endorse and agree 100%. with it. If you are taking the time to repost something like that. The post that I shared of my friend Ryan, who is, uh, was the first interview that I recorded for my podcast, The Open Up, was with Ryan to talk about these things at length. Yeah. The post that he said was, he's a photographer, he's a gay man, he is someone who reclaims the word faggot, uses it in a positive way, identifies himself that way. Oh my God. It's like reclaiming the N-word. It's no different for people who Oof, do that. It's, not, it doesn't mean everyone can say yeah, it. Not my cup of tea, but right. like, good it, for you, buddy. It's, yeah, it's his way forward in survival, and I so respect that. Yeah. He is an incredible photographer, so creative, so talented, and he's photographed everyone on earth. Barack Obama, Steven Spielberg, Meryl Streep, Casual. go for it. Everyone. Jeez. Almost exclusively, the only time that he will be hired is June and July for Pride. It's as if he's not an artist unless there's a gay event happening so that people can look good to hire him. And then he has no validity. And it's disgusting. That's his prime time when he starts to work? Yeah. And even then he has to fight for that, for those opportunities. And isn't valued in the way that he should be. And this is true for so many people too. And the point he was making is that pride comes around and all these companies and organizations want to put pride up to basically improve their image and make themselves look great to the world. But not that many of these businesses and organizations are actually feeding the community that they're going to profit off of. Right. Target puts out a line, and I know Target is a corporation. They do provide funding to different charities and stuff. Right. However, I don't know for a fact, as far as I'm concerned, if you have a pride collection, the profits of that, or at least a portion of the profits of that need to go directly to the community that you're using to make your company look good. And if they're not, that's disgusting, and we should not be encouraging people to buy those things. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm hoping it because I will go on for two hours. And <laughs> that's why I have a separate podcast so I can go off And there. yes, and we will get lots more of it with you on your podcast. And you'll be back here too to do more here. I am so proud of the whole conversation we just had about all of those things. Oh, I'm saying. Because I want to say I'm proud of you when there's an episode a while ago when you said, 
I've been told not to talk about politics, but you know what? I have something to say and I don't think we should be afraid to say it. Mm. And I loved it. Do you know what? It was the, I think it was the intro to our first episode. My first appearance on the show. Oh, with the insurrection? Yes. Yes. And I know that because I'm a fan. <laughs> I remember every yes. episode. But I love that. And a fan of the podcast, not of the insurrection. No, sorry. Yes. A fan of the low life. I love it. That's but sweet. you, this is another reason why I think you're just a hero in this space. Oh and my God. To, Strong you word. Are, no, I'm no, not. Lo, I'm sorry. You are a standout in this space. And it's the reason why you have such a passionate, dedicated and loyal fan base. You know, I know messages that you've been sent that even a lot of the listeners don't. The impact that you have on people's lives by being who you are, being authentic, and wanting to do that and not being afraid, not shying away. And because of that, there are probably people who would never want to have that conversation of listen to this and Aww. they have come away with something different. I love you for that. Like that is exactly why you should continue to thrive in this space and be supported by people. Oh. You will. <laughs> Wipe that eyeball. <laughs> Dry bitch. I, no. I love you. That's really sweet of you. No, it's a fact. You, you, ooh, Elliot, that one came out of nowhere. Well, That's very kind of you to it's say. It's true. I think that for all of us, you know, not to make this deep on purpose, but we all impact the world. And because of social media, because of TV and film, because of celebrity and stardom, a lot of us feel removed from actually having an impact on the world. And it's not true. The only way that you become seen in that framework through a celebrity lens, through an influence lens, is by influencing. The influence isn't the celebrity. That's nothing to do with it. It doesn't mean shit. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. It's the things that you do without celebrity that are the impact that make you who you are. And that's what you do. You had a passion to do something different because you believed in it and you wanted to do it and you dared to do it. And you work so hard. <laughs> Lo works so hard on bringing you guys the best show that he can all the time, <laughs> way more than you probably ever know. And it shows, and I know that it shows, and I know it's a direct result of the efforts that you make that many people would not encourage you to. That's why I'm so proud of you, and I love you having me on the show for this eight-hour episode <laughs> of uh, everything Elliot, you could possibly I talk about. love you so much. I love you And too, I babe. will, I, that is one of the sweetest things anyone's ever said to me. It's true. You are, you are the definition of what an influencer should be be today and you i hate that word and i hate a lot of the energy that fills the definition of it today mm. you are what it should be your perspective matters it's special it's not supported enough in general in this world and it has a huge positive impact there's a wealth of quality and information to you and you put it into the world through this tool that is the low life and thank <laughs> The heavenly stars. A mess. I dropped, dropped mic, the mic. I don't want to break it. <laughs> I am over. I'm for the first time in my miserable life. Speechless. It took the words. I can't. I'm just, yeah, taking it back. That's very kind of you to say, Elliot. And I, and I love you so much and appreciate every word you just said. And I will say this, that friendship with you and this really beautiful bond that we have. I feel like when I was going into doing this podcast, there are friends that recharge you. There are friends that bring good, positive energy and good life into your life. And you are one of those sustainable, 
eco-friendly, <laughs> vegan-friendly, <laughs> delicious friends that feeds my soul. Mm-hmm. So I just, I appreciate you so much because I don't have that many people that have that kind of power where it's it truly feels effortless with you. So thank you for that. And I know with your podcast, you will continue, like you're going to do great things with that too and have Oof. wonderful conversations. And I know it continues with you too. So it's like, I mean. Thank you. I, not I hope to, you're my guiding light. You really are. Not to make it full circle, but <laughs> you're looking at the man in the mirror, like man in the mirror moment. It's because <laughs> you're doing the same thing on your podcast and you will be. So yeah, that's beautiful that you can do that. And we could have these conversations. I freaking love it. And I love you. I love you. Well, oh, my God. And on that note, Elliot. <gasps> no, don't let it end. <laughs> the time has come uh. to lip sync for your life. <gasps> is, is that what we do? No. <laughs> oh. So they do on RuPaul's Drag Race, which Wait. you've probably never seen. And by the way, it, it was a five hour, over five hour conversation. I don't even feel, I know, I felt like we were going, but I did not know no, that. That's crazy. Wow. Gay gasp. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. All right. We got some great episodes coming in hot for you. So for wrapping up Pride Month, I want to get some good ones in here. Adam Ripon, love him. One of my friends, uh, he's hilarious. So he's going to be coming on, still working on Colton Underwood. Yeah, that's a tough one to get because he's in Colorado, but I'm working on it. I know the low lifers want him on here, so we'll see what we can do. Queen is coming back. Oh, yeah, she promised me she'd come back. Literally made me plant roses in her garden and do manual labor to get her booked as a guest. So <laughs> she'll be on in the next two weeks. My dad's also going to come on. Yeah, been talking about him since December. He finally is getting his ass on the podcast. So that will be great, too. And a bunch of other great guests I can't wait to share with you. People that I just love. And of course, more Elliot Knight. Just because we all could use Elliot Knight in our lives every day, right? The world's a better place with Elliot Knight. I want to take a moment to shout out the Low Lifers for really coming through with the love and support for this podcast. This little engine that could, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But it's so worth it because you guys are an amazing little pod community of listeners that has been so encouraging and kind and just the best. So I just want to say thank you. The best way to support an up-and-coming podcast, there's so many out there. Uh, But for the newcomers like myself, uh, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, five-star review, leaving an actual comment uh, in the review section, and subscribing to the podcast. That helps tremendously with keeping this shit show afloat so we can continue to do free shows for you. And I'm loving doing it. And I just want to say thank you for taking the time to write an actual review. I have listeners that have written several reviews and it could be anything from leaving a couple eggplant emojis, throw a couple dicks my way for pride, throw a rainbow in there, a smile face, or actually taking the time to write a message. But all of those things are welcomed and the more the better. Um, so thank you for writing multiple reviews. Uh, I appreciate it so much. And again, it really helps with all of the analytics and, and keeping this podcast going. So muchas gracias. I read every single review on Apple Podcasts. So I want to shout out a few that just touched my freaking spicy heart. First one up is from Ashes to Ash. Love that name. Okay, Ash. She writes down and out five stars low. 
I've always loved listening to your podcast, and I've been a longtime follower. She's the OG lowlifer. A few weeks ago, I fell and broke both my ankles. Oh, shit. And ended up having surgery on my right. And I have to have another surgery on the right ankle this week. <gasps> All that to say, your podcast and IG bring me so much joy. I love your voice, your guests, and topics, and all that you embody. Thanks for putting yourself out there for the world to hear. The heart. Ash. Oh, my God. That's so intense. Both your ankles broken? Damn. Okay, T's and P's. Can we all just send some T's and P's, thoughts and prayers to Ash? Nothing but love and good energy sent your way, Queen. And I hope that these podcasts can get you through the recovery process. I know that's going to be a tough one, but I'm here for you, Queen. And thank you for writing such kind words on this podcast when you're dealing with shit like that. I also hope you have some edibles, maybe some CBD oil. That's going to help you get through this. Ash, if you could DM me, I want to send something your way. Um, so DM me on the gram at style LVR, S-T-Y-L-E-L-V-R. I have a little gift I want to send your way. Okay, so next review comes from Krista0078. All right, Krista writes, fave podcast, five stars. And she wrote, I'm a 54-year-old mom of two college kids who builds houses. I listen to this podcast and KBs religiously every week. I almost wrecked my truck laughing so hard listening to the skydiving suit story. God. Uh, keep up the great work and love the queen. Such a great mom. Heart, heart. Oh, Krista, thank you for listening. And I'm glad one of the lowest moments of my life could bring you happiness while you're driving. <laughs> thank you for taking the time to write a review and for supporting the pod. I appreciate you so much. And I hope you can recommend this podcast to your kids too. The more, the better. If you recommend this podcast, it helps a lot too. Like that's how I'm like, how do podcasts grow? Besides, of course, leaving reviews and that helps the analytics and stuff. But like for numbers and downloads, I guess it's just referral. I don't know how that works. So yeah, if you could refer this to your children, that would be great. Okay, one more shout out I want to give is to Chels Champagne. Ooh, Chels Champagne. Her subject of the review is Mocktail King. With five stars. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm five months pregnant and have to give Lo a big thank you for the fruit punch crystal light mocktail recipe. Mm, I'm so glad you love it. It has been my indulgence when I wish I could be sipping on real cocktails this summer. You are amazing with a star eyed emoji. Chell Champagne, I am so thrilled and love the fact that you are drinking my trashy sangria during your pregnancy. I was drinking it yesterday too. It's delicious. And I'm like, it's a classy looking drink. Little does anyone know it's a Walmart cocktail, which is my favorite thing about it. But I'm so glad that you guys are enjoying the recipe. I'm going to be making some more mocktail recipes, cocktail recipes. I actually love to make drinks and I've had some fun experimenting in my kitchen so there are some other really good recipes that are coming your way. My dad makes an amazing punch. I call it his pregnancy punch. I'll get the recipe from him, but he makes it during the summer and it's uh, to die for. So refreshing. So yeah, more recipes to come. Thank you for writing in. I appreciate you, Chels. Champagne. And I hope you're not having morning sickness. I hope your pregnancy is smooth sailing. And yeah, I'm going to be sending good vibes your way too, Queen. 
And we'll end it on that note. So I hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead. Have a drink, have a laugh or two, and don't forget to drink your water, Buddha, because I know you're thirsty. I love you and I'm out. Keep it moving, yeah, we do.